What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike, obviously. This is my 86th podcast episode. Hopefully, won't be my last. This week, we have the starving actress, Alyssa Salvatore. She's someone that I used to host with at a gig a couple years ago. She has now, and she loved food back then. She loved hosting. She loved being on camera. And she has now turned that into this whole new cool brand where she goes... Uh, around the world, quote-unquote, every Tuesday, Taste the World Tuesdays, and tastes a new cuisine from a different part of the world. And she has this channel that's now blowing up, and a blog, and a brand. So look up uh, Starving Actress NYC. It's really cool. She's great, and you're going to learn all about her and that in our conversation coming up. She's also a wedding singer and an actress and all fun stuff that we're going to talk about as well. Plus, we're going to have some tips for you on if you want to take better food, photography, video, all that kind of stuff, what you should be doing from what Alyssa has learned. Before we get to her, a quick uh, shout out for my plugs. Head out to at uh, Mike Janella on everything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you're new to me, if you're one of Alyssa's fans who's come here, I would love for you to support me as well because we're all looking to help each other out. Also, if you like what you hear on this episode, make sure to check out all previous episodes of The Mike Janella Show wherever you're listening to it right now. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or MikeJanella.com. And if you would be so kind which I would love you for, drop a review, drop a subscription, you know, subscribe to it, a rating, and tell literally every person that you've ever met in your life that you still have uh, contact with to do the same. All right, that's enough about me, because you're now here to listen to the starving actress. Here she is, Alyssa Salvatore. Here's the starving actress. What's up, Alyssa? <laughs> What's up, Mike? How's it going? It's going well. How are you? It's been a long time since we've chatted. It is good. I just ate, so I'm not starving right now. I was oh, you're just the actress five now. minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, just the normal, satiated actress. It's great. Uh, I love it. Perfect. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your burgeoning, starving actress brand, all the amazing mm-hmm. food content you're putting on the internet. We're going to talk about some wedding singing. We're going to talk about yes. maybe a little bit of acting. We're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff. But first, Alyssa, I start every conversation with every guest the same way. I try and get off on a good foot. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everyone. What's the best thing to happen to you this past week? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough question to put on the spot right there. You've had that well, many good things happen I, to you, huh, this week? It's a good week for you. Well, I mean, could I count as like a week ago from today instead of like Monday? Yeah, within the last seven days, for sure. Okay, so... Out of the blue, I got a call from a casting director that I haven't heard from in about a year. And she was like, I need you to fill in for this person. Her TV show got picked up. We need somebody on the spot. And I was very intimidated by it because I don't normally do, like, too many straight plays. And I'm usually much more musical theater and animation and stuff like that. But I knew I had to take the opportunity. And I did. And it was the most incredible experience. I got to work with stunning, like, Tony Award-nominated actors these like amazing, beautiful Native American actors. And we just had like such a beautiful experience. I learned so much about their culture and the stories and of their generations. And I just feel like I like grew so much and it just plopped in my lap out of nowhere. So thanks to that girl whose TV show got picked up. <laughs> I had an awesome thing to add to my resume and a lot of new friends. So that was cool. Nice. That is a pretty good one. Nice yeah. choice. That's a, that's a nice way to I get know. the week going. Beautiful. It well, was, it was now, solid. It was solid. Well, now it's going to get even better for you this week because you're on the show. Uh, we've been chatting Ooh, and trying I to set it up. To be on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So welcome. So it's we're recording on Wednesday. 
But you, one thing I want to talk to you about, you've made this sort of nice, cool niche for yourself. It's really this growing brand, uh, Taste the World Tuesdays, part of your Starving Actress yeah. brand. So explain to me, explain to the people listening, what is the Starving Actress? What is Taste the World Tuesdays? Give me a little bit of an idea of what this whole project is for anyone who's not familiar. Okay. So it all culminated with I'm an actress first, and then I got into hosting, and I was also an English major, so I love writing and reading. And over the years of just pursuing acting, there was a lot of downtime and I always felt like a waste of life just in between auditions when things weren't going right, if I wasn't booking something. And I come from like I'm first generation Italian and my dad's very work driven and he'd come home from work and I'd be like on the couch after high school and he'd be like, come on, go, go do something. And I'd like jump off the couch because I just felt like I needed to always be doing something productive or constructive. So having all that downtime really weighed on me because I was like, it's so much out of my control, whether I book or not. But now I need something that I can control in this downtime. And I am an eater. I am Italian. I love food. And I started seeing all these, you know, these food blogs popping up, just like a picture on Instagram. And it got me thinking, like, I can take my hosting career into my control and create food videos and go around the city to my favorite spots of things that I love or things that I haven't tried yet. And then I started to think more specifically, like, how can I brand this to be something valuable for people to see? So Every week, I started uh, Taste the World Tuesday, where I try different cultural foods from different countries, and I've learned a lot from it. I've met so many awesome people, and just trying foods that I would have never tried. I did a Malaysian restaurant, and I had fish with fruit sauce on it, and no, excuse me, it was fruit with fish sauce on it, and it was (laughs) not great, but I respect that that's what they eat. I went with my Malaysian friend, and she was like, dude, we eat this like on hot summer days on the side of the road. It's like the best thing from the food truck and I'm like that's your food truck food and that's awesome and I experienced it it was really cool but it's just been so much fun and it's been hard work to think of different episodes every week something that's interesting and you know that will capture people's attention something that's not such typical food that they might see every week like Greek food or right, something like thinking, that oh, so let's do an Italian week. episode French or whatever yeah, Mexican exactly. and then you realize and I, uh, I, I need better countries to, to explore exactly like I started out that way because I didn't know really what direction I was going in but I was like people eat this stuff all the time so last week was a pretty adventurous one I went to a Mexican restaurant called the Black Ant in East Village and they have bugs on the menu and insects and I put on my brave face and I had some toasted ants on top of guacamole and some grasshoppers in a variety of ways I had in a taco on a croquette and this plain straight up put it in my mouth and that was very interesting, got a lot of attention. People loved it. And people are actually like, maybe I'll try some bugs. And I'm like, all right, yeah, making bugs mainstream in American culture cool. There you go, making bugs cool. I love it. Yeah. Why? They didn't, they didn't taste that great, though, I have to be honest. If they you were cover like, anything were... in enough sauce or mayo or ketchup, it'll taste fine, right? Exactly, but I put that, it's called a chapulina, and I put it right in my mouth and crunched all the way down, and I swallowed it, and it was rough, but I would recommend it just for the fun, you know, adventurous part of it. So, you love food, obviously, and that's kind of why you did it. You already explained, because it's one of your passions, but were you scared Mm -hmm. at all about going into, like, everyone's doing food online, right? It's a pretty saturated space, uh, especially when you look on Instagram and some of these glamour shots. Were you afraid? Like, how do you, yeah. how did you think that you stand out from all the millions of other people that are doing food stuff online? Well, that is a great question, Mike. Um, <laughs> That's why I host whole, the show. <laughs> my whole like life journey and life statement is authenticity. 
So for me, even like acting, I always had to feel like I was really in the scene. Cause if you're just feeling like you're reading the lines and you're not connected, people could feel that and they feel it being fake and then you feel fake. So I, it just carried on into the blog where this blog is a journey of my daily life as a freelance artist on the go. What am I eating? What am I doing when I'm on tour with this show? I'm going to like the local bakery and trying their homemade whoopie pies. And it's not, to me, it wasn't about getting the perfect glamour shot of the food. It's just capturing the experience of like my journey and being real about it and, and not trying to be someone I'm not on Instagram, these perfect Instagram models. My God, how hot can you look eating a freaking cheeseburger? Like you don't look like that <laughs> in real life eating a cheeseburger. Like give me a break. It's sloppy. You have ketchup on your nose. Like it's, it's just a mess. And that's the best part of it. So my vision was just even in the ugliest, ugliest parts of me of eating something gross or just being goofy or showing that, you know, some days are craft days. If I had a bad audition, I have a whole section on my blog about audition drama. And it's just some of the crazy crap that I've had to do in the audition. Someone asked me to like make out on the spot without like writing it in the email first. I just really want to keep it real, keep it authentic to myself and have people just like, if they see my blog, pretty much they know who I am. Like they feel like they're my friend. They feel like I meet a lot of people actually. They're like, I feel like I know you because just the videos you put up, the stories, and just the way you caption the pictures, I don't hold back. I, I'll curse or I'll like say dumb stuff. I'll put outtakes up of the videos that I do, real things that happen that are just awkward and funny. But yeah, that's my thing to just stay authentic and no one else is Alyssa. So that's how I stand out. That's true. You are the only one of you. Is it weird <laughs> seeing, because you have on Instagram, for example, you have your Instagram page, which is you, then you have the starving actress one. Is it weird seeing this other account or other brand that you've started kind of become more popular than you personally? It's become a little bigger than you, right? That's a little bit weird. Yes. It's really funny. I just put up a, a video the other day of like a sad face. And I was like, when a video of Inyoki gets more views than your face. And it's just like <laughs> people love food and I don't take it personally. I'm like, you know what? I love food too. And if it's something we could all just get together and just have a love fest on just, you know, not everyone's going to think that your acting is good or your singing is good and your friends and family will watch the videos and they'll be like, yeah, you're great. But somebody in Ohio that doesn't know me probably doesn't give a crap what I'm doing, like, in my professional life. But they love a dish of pasta, so yep. they'll tune in. They love I'm some like, fettuccine. You know oh, love some tortellini, fettuccine, whatever. It's just, it's all good. I don't take it personally. I actually love it. And I, I have some of myself in the blog, so, you know, it's kind of me too. Me plus the food. You know? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's up to a, a few thousand now, right? Something like that. The, yeah. The modeling, which is awesome. You built that all yes. from scratch pretty recently. But yeah, I started a year ago and it's been hard because you see a lot of people that you started at the same time with like skyrocket. But the thing is, everyone's kind of doing the same thing. They'll see a, you know, a giant Sunday and be like, oh, I have to go take a picture of that same Sunday. And, you know, the, the restaurant just opened. Everyone's flocking to get this picture of this Sunday. And then your newsfeed is clogged with like the same photo over and over again. So I steered clear of like these really popular spots, but it's also, that's why it's taken me a little bit longer to grow, I think, because I don't have these outrageous over the top things once in a while I will, but the things that I'm posting are things that I'm actually eating and things that I'm actually like enjoying and, and want to tell people about. So I think it's stalled my growth over time a little more, but I think my followers are a lot more loyal and I comment to everybody back, everybody who leaves a comment, I write right back to them. And you form like these cool relationships with people that you really don't know in real life, but they're supportive and you guys like the same stuff. So it's, it's a really cool environment and something that I didn't 
see coming and it's been so fulfilling like professionally to just have creative control over something and then just personally to just connect with so many different people from all over the place. That's what food does. It brings us together. The digital table, the digital dinner space. That's what you've started, yeah. which is really cool. Absolutely. So, so talk me through the process. When you want to pick a place, the kind of research you do, how far are you willing to travel? Uh, do they let you eat free at these restaurants? Do you have issues filming? Are owners ever coming up to you like, why is your camera in my restaurant? That kind of stuff. What's, <laughs> what's it like, say like what your next episode is going to be, if you can give us a little bit of a hint. Talk, us, talk me through that process of how it goes from your idea to once you're finally done. Honestly, it's all on a whim. I do everything on a whim. Whatever inspires me throughout the week, like sometimes I'll I'll flip through uh, Time Out magazine or, you know, the Metro News and I'll just see an article about a restaurant or anything like that. And I'll just be like, I want to do that. I want to go there. I want to see how that's made. I don't like to plan anything because things just go awry and you can't, you know, you can't plan. I think spontaneity is a lot more fun for me. I, I hate being committed to things. So I will just usually show up and I will be more than willing to pay the full amount for my bill. But once they see me filming and usually I'll ask if I could go back into the kitchen, they kind of are like, oh, this could be like a publicity thing for us. So they usually sometimes will comp me, but I have paid hundreds upon hundreds of dollars doing this show, especially in the beginning when I was just starting, because I was like, who am I to ask for a free meal? Like, this is my project. I'm seeing it as an investment in myself. So I really, I kind of went into debt last year. <laughs> with this it's, it's, blog. A, it's a tax write-off, right? You're furthering your career. Yeah. It's, it's a business expense. Well, well, now it is because I've actually booked work from my blog. So I'm saying, you know, all the money that I spent investing in meals and, you know, a camera, I can definitely write it off. But yeah, it's, it's not something I didn't feel entitled to anything, especially because I was just starting out. And I wanted to learn because I didn't know anything about making a food video. I'm not a videographer or photographer. I'm more like on camera host and actress. But that has been so great too. just learning camera angles and lighting and making a video, you know, just something that people could sit and watch for sometimes more than five minutes. I did a pizza challenge where I ate a two foot slice and it took 35 minutes, I got it down to nine minutes, but like 500 people watched it. And that might not seem like a lot, but knowing that 500 people sat through a nine minute video that I made and like shot, edited, hosted, ate on one, it, it just, it feels really good and really fulfilling. So with Taste the World Tuesday on the whim every week, sometimes I'll get comps, sometimes I will not, sometimes I'll get a discount or a free dessert or something, but sometimes they will not let me back into the kitchen because it's like secret recipes they're like absolutely not that's if i show you how to make this non-bread then you know the secret that people can make the non-bread and you know be our competitor so i get that too so i just go with the flow i'm really like laid back at it but i always usually bring somebody with me to help me film so i always have to like poach a friend or like a fellow food blogger or a freelance person who i know is like out and about during the middle of the day i'm like come on free meal like i'll pay for your meal just hold the camera make me look good hold the light so it's been actually really good. I've had like 36 episodes, I think. And they've all, yeah, they've all came out awesome. They get better every week, I think. And yeah, I really love it. And I look forward to like being more creative. Well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm free and I love eating. So you need an extra camera person. You, you got my number. Just hit me do, up. We need to do a Portuguese episode. Yes, yes. I know they have, there's a famous cafe that just opened and they have, uh, it's called Joey Bath Cafe. And they have the, how do you say, the something, the Natal, the... The pastry. Oh, the pastéis de nata, pastry. yeah. What is it? Pastéis de nata. Oh, yeah, something like that. 
but I don't know if that could take up a full episode and I don't know how, if he'll like show us the recipe, but we got to find like a good Portuguese restaurant or person who does like a really good home cooked meal. That'd be so great. If my mom and grandma are listening, I'm sure they're ready to volunteer. No, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I feel like your mom would love me. Come on, let's go. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll take it offline. And let's, (laughs) my people will call your people, which is just me and you. So we'll figure it out. (laughs) Please, Mrs. Janela, please. I know you've been for a long time now. You've got Alyssa. She wants a petition. Get get in your kitchen. Let her, let us know. I want to get in the kitchen. Oh, so good. All right. Because I thought maybe you were like, all right, this week I have to do like uh, Kenya or Australia, like I got to get a certain part of the world, but you're just, you're just going with the flow, which I dig. That's really cool. I am going with the flow. Cause, and you know, it's also great about taste the world Tuesday and it's not just country to country. It could be region to region. So yeah, there's Chinese food, but there's also Northern Chinese, Southern Chinese. There's so many China episodes that you could do. I've already done like three Italian episodes cause they're all so different. You have different cuisines from different regions. So I feel like it's an awesome, you know, type of show cause it's endless. It's limitless. And also, little things like like I did an episode on New York City pizza. That's tasting the world, too. So you can really mm-hmm. get creative with it if you're running out of material, which would be hard to do. All right. So it sounds like you've got a good handle now after a year of doing this uh, in terms of, yeah, yeah, ideas, but also the actual, you mentioned a little bit, how to photograph it, how to video. So now it's time for uh, like the Alyssa's uh, Tips Corner. So... For people that maybe want to get into this, maybe emulate you and kind of do something similar, because everyone's trying to get their brand going online, I'm sure, and people love food like we talked about. So what's, um, let's talk about photographs first. So you mentioned before, you're not into that whole, I'm going to be dressed up in like a nightgown or a ball gown and super perfect with my (laughs) sloppy hamburger, but I'm sure you've picked up some tips on how to best photograph food. So if people want to take better food pictures, what should they be doing? What have you learned? My number one that I've learned is natural light is the best. Like, that's why a lot of people are taking their food dishes outside. They'll see people in the middle of the street just holding a dish of, like, tiramisu, like, about to get hit by a taxi cab. But, like, all in the name of the blog. Like, they'll do it for the gram. And it really does make a world of a difference. So a lot of the times when I have, like, little bites, like a cannoli or a cookie or a cupcake, I'll always shoot those outdoors. And if you're indoors, I just got a gorgeous light off of Amazon, which I don't know exactly the make, but I can give it to you later. And that has made a world of a difference because I would never photograph my food like at dinner because I'm like, oh, man, the lighting's so bad. And I don't want to sacrifice a shitty picture. You know, the, the plate's so beautiful, but it looks so bad. And I don't want it to like mess up the gallery. So I would not even post it. Then I got this light and you just have to know how close to put the light, what what intensity of the light, what color, because it could come in yellow or white. And you just got to play around with it. Keep it low or high or move it around. Get that as close to natural looking as possible. A lot of times it looks like like a movie set. People post these pictures of like these really lit up like burgers. And it's like, okay, that looks really like fancy and it's nice, but it looks like studio lighting. And it doesn't look like you're just in the restaurant having the burger, which is my goal to make it feel like more real and The authenticity, authentic. so, right. Yeah, get get a light that looks, you know, that can make the picture more clear and just visually prettier, but not too fancy. I mean, that's my style, though, so I don't know. All right. Now, what about videoing? What what makes for a good food video once you got to get moving pictures? Because that's a whole new ballgame than just taking a set shot. What are your yeah. tips for that? So are you talking about, like, how to shoot the food or, like, what makes an episode interesting? Uh, both. Yeah. What? Cause I mean, it's, you know, it, it's could be boring, right? Just watching you eat a slice of pizza. It's like watching exactly. paint dry. Right. So how do you make these exactly. videos interesting instead of just watching someone eat, which I can do with my brother, my girlfriend, mom, whoever. 
Right. I think that you splice it up with like the back scenes kind of stuff. Like how's the burger being prepared and then cut to like a commentary and then go back to something in the kitchen, an interview or something like that. And I like to shoot the food really close up because it kind of makes it look like you can taste it when you're watching it. Like you could almost taste that taco or burger because it's so close to the camera. You can see like the little drippings. So my favorite go-to technique is to just get super up close and personal with this food. That's what I like. And then how about once you get this going, and if someone wants to take it next level like you and start an actual channel, an actual brand, a blog, mm -hmm. anything like that, what are tips for growing it, for making it bigger, for getting more exposure? What have you learned trials and tribulations trying to get this thing off the ground in the first year? Yeah. When I first started and I had zero followers, I liked a lot of people. I followed a lot of people and I always engaged with everybody who commented on anything. To me, that's like the number one thing to, to really engage with your followers because then you develop like a, a community and they always come back and support your, your future endeavors and they really root for you. Like people who have watched my first Taste the World Tuesday, it was so crappy and it was just me walking <laughs> on the street with my, my iPhone and it was just like, hey guys, I'm going to eat some Colombian food. And I just like ate Colombian food and I was like, ooh, this is good steak. And now people are like writing and a year later and they're like, wow, your, your videos have really grown. It's so cool to see the progress. So that really means a lot that they followed the whole journey and saw the progress. So just always keeping uh, engagement within the community and always shouting people out. Like in the beginning when I had like more time, because the more followers you get, the less time you're able to devote to every single person that, you know, follows you. I used to shout everybody out, like, thanks so much for the follow or this and that. And, and just always use my stories as a means of like spreading the word on other blogs. And then they do the same for you. And then attending different events. Again, like I invested a lot of my own money and I still am. You know, a lot of these bloggers that have like 400,000 followers, they get invited to all these events for free. Like they're not paying tickets for, you know, these events all over the city. But me, like when I was first starting, I paid $200 for a food event in Long Island City, I think it was. And I go there, I couldn't get anybody to come with me because nobody wanted to spend the money. <laughs> right. And I go and there's no food. Oh. And it was just, it was all alcohol. And I, there was supposed to be food. And I was like, what's going on here? I think there was one mochi stand. So I was really angry and I started to get really drunk because all I'm doing is taking shots of tequila because that's all they're giving out. <laughs> so I like, and you got, you got to get your $200 worth of tequila. Um, yeah, of course. Isn't that everybody's goal? Yeah. Friday night by myself having shots of tequila without <laughs> food. Great time. So I go outside to get my Uber and I'm like, stomping out the door and the security guard's like, Oh, come on, don't leave yet. You got to stay. And I'm like, why would I stay? I paid $200. There's no food here. He's like, can I tell you a secret? I was like, what? He's like, the chef showed up. He didn't like the setup that was there and he bounced. And I was like, Oh, hell no. And I wrote the company and I was like, I demand a refund. They gave me a ticket for a future event. I couldn't even go to because I was on vacation in Italy. So I like didn't even get my money back. It's but the, the point is, it was like, oh, it was terrible. I was, I was pissed. And good thing I didn't like convince any friends to come with me. I would have had no more friends. They would have all like killed me. But, <laughs> yeah, well, what's but, the yeah, price of your friendship? Of I guess 200 bucks is pretty much the limit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how long we've been friends, you know. <laughs> But yeah, like the point is just investing and buying these tickets to these events, going further than just New York City. And like maybe I went to the Big E Festival of like three hour drive. I dragged my whole family to that one. They were like, oh my God, three hour car ride for a corn dog. But, you know, it was fun. And, and I got a lot of exposure from that because I got people in Massachusetts that were, you know, following me from tagging that specific area. So just, just like, and then 
touring with my company helps a lot because whenever I'm in a new city, I always do the geotag and I get, you know, followers through my stories. So whenever you're traveling, always tag the location you're in because that alerts people in the area to, you know, your stories. And it's all about just like consistency. I, I, I'm on this every single day, multiple times a day, and I really enjoy it. So it helps, you know, stick to it and actually want to put the work into it. And also, I was an English major and I never did anything with that because I was doing acting. And now I have a platform for my writing and I love doing my travel guides and I'm opening up into like more lifestyle stuff because I have so many like essays that I've written like over the years and just like stuff that I would send my friends that I'm like, I would love to publish this, but don't have anywhere to put it. So that's part of it too. And then when people will message me and be like, your Paris guy just made my trip so much easier. I'm like, that's so awesome. I did it for no other reason than it's fun. And I like to write and then put the pictures and you know to what I was doing and it's been so fun I really love it I, I really feel like really lucky that I found this little passion of mine on the side and if you like what you do it's not work that's the old cliche right it looks like you've finally that's got to it that's true although work a day in your life exactly yeah get that tattooed so basic uh but it's true it is true it's corny <laughs> but it's true um but it's not all you do I did want to talk a little bit with you about this wedding singing thing, which you you still do. You were, you were telling me before we started recording, you're booked from like now until the end of the year and the beginning of 2019. I didn't know wedding singers but were still a thing besides you because I knew you did it. But I haven't seen one in a wedding in a while. Everyone just likes to go with the DJ now. But this is evidently, this is still like a, ha- a happening thing. Oh, the bands are making a comeback. I know firsthand because I am busier than ever. And first of all, Wedding Singer is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So just that holds a close place to my heart. And the funny thing is, I've always been a sub for the last like five, six years that I've been doing this. It's so hard as a performer to get a job in a wedding band because it's such a coveted position. If you're singing for a living, so you're making really good money just singing. And all musical theater actors who are out of work at that time their side jobs are wedding singing. So for years, I could not for the life of me get a spot in these bands. And I would get called like three times a year, maybe. And I would beg them and follow up with emails. And no one would ever get back to me except a random, like, oh, can you sub this day? And I literally never made more than like, what, 500 bucks a year. I swear, and I, this sounds like hippy dippy. I put on my vision board in 2018. <laughs> oh, no, not a vision board. Come on. I did a vision board because you know what? I was, it was winter. It was cold. I was bored. I had some old magazines. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do this for just a fun arts and crafting. And one of the first things I put on my professional vision board was I want to sing every weekend. This year, I'm working with five different bands. I am so booked I have to turn down gigs. So and the vision board works. It, the vision board works. I also said I wanted $100,000, so I'm just waiting for that to happen next. <laughs> well, but hey, it's, 50%, it's 50% success rate is not bad for a vision board, I would think. Listen, I'm pretty happy with the results, and it's keeping me busy. It's keeping money in my pocket in between gigs. I'm, I'm getting better like vocally just because I'm singing so much that my ultimate goal is Broadway. So when I get there, I feel like this is priming me and prepping my voice for, like, a lot of singing and just like having good control and, and just like breathing techniques. I feel like this was just all meant to be. It just like all came together and just, I love it. I mean, you're partying for a living. I'm, I'm working Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sundays, and you're just with a bunch of drunk people dancing, living their dreams. And of course we always like end the night with uh, 
what's it called? Don't stop believing. So I'm just surrounded by drunk people trying to steal my microphone at the end of the night. But yeah, which you you're know, gonna do at karaoke going. anyway by yourself, so you might as well get paid for it. <laughs> you're gonna do I feel anyway. like you would be. I feel like you would be one of the people that would be like trying to grab my microphone, drunk, like you belting feel, out. Don't you stop feel believing. like I would be. I definitely would be. There's no feel about it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. It's a I know that for a fact, actually. You've seen me do yeah. karaoke. I'm pretty sure. So you know how that exactly. works. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my. I, that is so true. That was oh. a fun night. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so of what yeah, I remember. <laughs> that was your going away party. Yeah, that was yeah. a good time. Ah, oh, such a good time. It's um, like, is it? Is so it? Yeah, I. I was go just going to ask: Is it? Are there certain kinds of weddings that are still using bands, or is it all over the place? Like, is it a little bit fancier it's, clientele? Is it like certain parts of town or or the region, or is it anyone's kind of asking you guys to perform? Honestly, it's I, I. We get it all. We get Long Island. We get the city. We get like. At far, far out Westchester. Like sometimes I'll be driving like two, three hours for a gig. I did a gig in Montauk for a wedding and they're always so different. Like you could have, Oh my God, this is actually great. I did a, a wedding for an 80 year old couple. They were 80 getting wow. married. They had a first dance. It was um, my endless love. So like taking it all the way back to the seventies. And you hear that the mom, there's beautiful... still, there's still time for me eight, till 80. And I got a lot is. of time. Yeah, you're so young. You got time. You have 50 years. Come on. Um, so, yeah, they were 80 years old, and they had the full band, and she was wearing the big gown, and he had his tuxedo on. He couldn't really move that fast on the dance floor. But, you know, from that kind of wedding to a young 20s Guidette jersey wedding, like, we do it all. We And, and the set list is obviously so different per wedding, like, Everybody, you know, creates a set list that they want. They have a do not playlist, so you stay away from like whatever Motown or if they love house music, you learn all this house music, and that keeps me on my toes every week because I'm learning so much music every week and songs that I've never even heard yeah, of. I was gonna, I was gonna ask I you because you have to be able to like my brother just got married a couple of weeks ago, and at that wedding, there's everything Thanks. from Brazilian pop to '90s hip hop to slow songs, power ballads. Like, do you have a certain range, or can you do everything from, like, Cupid Shuffle to, you know, Anna James? Like, what? how does that yeah. work? Because you got to know everything. Literally do it all. I mean, wow. if it's an Italian wedding, I'm singing my Italian songs. That repertoire is getting popped all night, all the Italian music of the Tantella, all that stuff. And then if it's just, like, Selena Gomez, top 40 type music, learn all that music. If it's, like, Latin music, like, the very trendy Latin stuff that's all out today, and Mark Anthony and Don Omar, all that. We learn all that kind of music. We'll do Power Ballad by Celine Dion. I'll do At Last. I'll do our dinner music could be anything from, like, these kind of power ballads to, like, a Taylor Swift song, just, like, more jazz version of it. So it, it literally ranges from everything. We do, like, 80s rock, 90s rock. Oh, people love, like, the 90s. We bring back a 90s set. We do... Hit me, baby, one more time. The BSB, all that good stuff. So it's it's endless, and that's what keeps it fun too. Because I'm not singing the same stuff every weekend. I'm I'm learning new stuff. I I'm memorizing all these lyrics, so that's keeping my brain like nice and sharp, which helps me in my acting career. Because you know you gotta always memorize these lines and keep it keep it good. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it's been a really good year. I'm really happy with it so far. <laughs> nice. It's such a unique industry it's crazy and oh, i'll take it back i went to a wedding last summer and they had a band and a singer and i gotta say it was really good it's tough because you got to be able to cover so many different genres but someone who does yeah. it well that that live feel adds a little something that just playing an mp3 doesn't really give you 
Um, do you have a absolutely? Is there yeah. like a craziest story? Was there ever like a best man that tried to hit on you, or someone who like hurt themselves dancing on the dance floor? Like, what's your craziest story you've had? Oh at one of your my god, we we have people breaking their asses left and right. I mean, you get people who like hear their song and they get so excited they run on the dance floor. This one guy wiped out like belly down slid across the floor like huge guy like 400 pound guy just went flying and then it was like oh, oh and like the band kind of like half the band stopped and then the other band like i was still singing and i was like oh my god so like it's just like the music cut out and i was still going and people are surrounding this poor guy but then he just like pops up and he's all good or then you get really bad roasts of like best man or maid of honor speeches sometimes you see like sibling rivalry will really come out and not a funny roast way it's like Ooh. childhood like anger that comes out and you're like oh okay it's like oh yeah because we know that she was always the one to get everything she wanted right kelly right kelly and kelly's just sitting there like oh god somebody take the mic away from her Yeesh. i've had yeah bridesmaids who just make it all about themselves they're like i was going through a really rough time i just went through a breakup and you know it's been really hard for me and it's just so awkward Oh God! And then you get people who just can't get through a speech without just sobbing through it. All the all the classic wedding hits. Oh my God! You get characters from like every walk of life. It's great. Very entertaining. I love it. Oh, what I got? Maybe I should crash one of these weddings because I feel like just watching you <laughs> in action and all these stories would be so awesome. It'd be so much fun. And it's actually funny because I'm doing my cousin's wedding, which was so not like she booked this band before I was hired by them. So she booked this band last wow, year. Small world. They hired me this year. Such a small world. And because it's like a third cousin, so I don't talk to her too much. But like our grandfathers are brothers. So, you know, we still keep in touch, but it's not like we talk every day. So I don't know who the hell she's booking for her wedding. And then I get the schedule. I'm like, oh, my God, that's my cousin. And my mom and dad are going to be there. So I'm really excited to just like have my mom and dad there. I'm going to like go on the dance floor and sing in their faces. And my mom's already like, what song are you singing? What are you singing? Is the band going to sound good? I'm like, relax, mom. I'm going to like make you look good. Don't worry. Like they're all nervous. They want to be proud and like make sure the band is good because all the relatives are going to be there. So it's really a unique, funny situation. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. A little family, a little work, a little fun. You're going to have a, you're going to have a great time. Um, all right, yeah. Alice, well, uh, we got a couple segments I'd like to end every show with. I've already been chatting with you for like oh. a half hour, so we're going we're gonna to head into the home stretch here. One of them is called Turn the Tables, where you get to ask me any question that you want. I like to share the love here and oh. turn the tables on myself if anyone wants to. <laughs> you don't have to. You can pass. But if you have anything that you want to ask me randomly, now's your chance. Yeah. All right. I want to know, because I know you're just as hardworking you have a great work ethic. You're always like looking for the next thing. What is your ultimate goal? Like, where do you see yourself so you could be like, that is the dream that I could live out every single day and like be totally happy with it. Well, part of that is never reaching that, right? Or once you once you stop, then ah. you're just then you're done. Um, that's the cheesy answer, that's but a, uh, nice. no, yeah. People have asked me this before. It's I want to be this like that Ryan Seacrest or that not so much anymore, but like Bob Costas, where you can just you're you belong to some network or some brand, and they just use you as the person for everything. Whether you're hosting a morning show yeah. or doing Olympics coverage or doing the sports recap or uh, showing up on some travel segment, like just that person that they can rely on. Kind of like I don't know Jimmy Fallon's that guy for NBC a lot. I see him in cabs. I see him at yeah. Universal Studios. I see him doing his show. All that kind of stuff. 
So I don't know for whom that would be, but yeah, that's the kind of dream mm-hmm. is to just be this multi-platform, multimedia face of a brand. So no big that's deal. Just a, just a pretty easy. Should be able to yeah, figure that out by the end of the know. year, right? Totally. But wait, can I ask you one more question? Oh, follow-up question. So such a needling yeah. journalist you are. Well, it's, it's a different it's a different direction because now Go I feel like you said everybody asked you that question. So I want to ask you something different. What? How? No, how? How do you deal with the lulls in a freelance career? Like, what is your usual modus operandi for like mentally getting through the slower times? And what do you do during those times? Do you let yourself? have a mental like rest and say like, listen, I'm between jobs. Let me just like take some time, gather myself, not be, feel guilty for not working. Or are you like, I need to be working. I need to be doing something instructive. Blah, blah, blah. Like how do you get through those times? What do you do? It changes. So I am that, that beginning part that you said where you kind of give yourself a break and a breather. I am that at the beginning after I've had a lot of jobs or if I've just left a full-time job, but after the first week or two, like, I love being lazy, right? I love going to movies. I love sitting on my couch. <laughs> I love watching sports. I, I, if I had a billion dollars, I might not do anything. But when I don't have a billion dollars, which is every day of my life, <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets, uh, it gets boring. And, and I, I like working. I like creating content. I like putting stuff out there. And I like having people react to it. So I always find ways to just do stuff. This podcast, for example, I started this podcast when I was unemployed three years ago, just to keep Woo-hoo. myself sharp and to do stuff. And it's ended up being something that has uh, consistently been there for me as something to do. Uh, this year, I started doing a lot more uh, YouTube series and social media videos and stuff that I've done this summer that I put more production value into and stuff like that. So, And, and job hunting, right? Like, you always got to be looking. And it gets mm-hmm. frustrating. You know what it's like, right? Sometimes you go a month oh, yeah. and there's not a single gig that you find online or wherever or you apply for 10 and not one even gets back to you to say, thanks, but we're good. And you struggle yep. and it's tough. And you just got to realize, hey, I could be insert shitty job here that you'd rather not be doing. Like I could be sitting in a nine to five job on Excel spreadsheets all day, which I would want to jump out of a window if that was my life. But <laughs> and you just got to remind yourself. Sure you're this very is... good at. You're very good at stuff like that, but I know what you mean. <laughs> right. But it, just because I'm good at it doesn't mean I want to do it. Right. Which is, I think, something exactly. that a lot of people like you and I deal with. We could be doing a bunch of different stuff, but we want to be doing mm-hmm. this. And the problem is the yeah. price is sometimes you go a month without gigs or you go a month without well-paying gigs and you just got to hope that it all yeah. makes it worthwhile in the end. So mm-hmm. freelance nice. struggles, Solid. freelance struggles. Um, all right. Well, yeah. I'm taking back over the show because you already asked two questions and that's over the quota. <laughs> so you're lucky that I let that slide. Uh, no, we're going to the, <laughs> the fun five. It's our last segment. It's five quick fun questions designed for you and you alone, Miss Salvatore. Oh so, God, I'm scared. <laughs> question number one. What's the one song you wish you never had to perform at a wedding again? Oh, This Is What You Came For by Rihanna and Calvin Harris, because that shit is auto-tuned. So <laughs> singing that in real life is such a bit. It's like, you, ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, my God. I loathe singing that song. And it's always on the set list, no matter what band I'm in. They think people love it. I'm like, this song is not even that good. Whatever. <laughs> All right. That's a great answer. I, and you came up with it so quickly that I can tell how much you hate singing it because you had that in the chamber. <laughs> no, right? Question number two. You talked about the bugs that you ate for one of your recent Taste the World Tuesday episodes Ooh. and how you, you didn't love those. But what has been the favorite thing you've eaten on your channel? Oh, my God. Wait. I have to, like, really go through my Rolodex of episodes right now because I'm trying to blank. Wait, okay. Actually, I mean, this is like 
typical, but I did an episode in Italy and you just cannot get a dish of pasta in America like you can get in Italy. I mean, on the Amalfi Coast, the fresh seafood, because it's all local caught seafood and fresh pasta made in-house, not dry pasta, fresh dough, cooked, dropped seafood in there, garlic, oil, some parsley, and a glass of white wine, blended. That's like my ultimate. I love that. Beautiful. Maybe that's your answer for this next question, then number three. This is not just about the channel or the videos, but this is life. If you could only eat one dish for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's so easy, please. Okay, well, I was going to say, I have a stipulation, but give me the answer first. Maybe you'll you'll be fine. Are you going to say it can't be like like my grandma's food? No, no, no. What I was going to say is that you can't cop out with like, oh, I pick pizza because you can have pepperoni and whatever on top. I have like a specific dish. My number one, no matter what happens in life, is my grandmother's lasagna. From the day I was born, it is the best thing you will ever eat, and she knows that I love it, and she'll make it for me on my birthdays, because, like, she'll do it for special occasions, the Christmas and Easter, Palm Sunday, but she'll make it for my birthday, because she knows how much I love it, and I go hard, like, two huge slices, meatballs, the sauce on top, cheese, black (laughs) pepper, not black pepper, red pepper, And it is just the meal that I want to eat if I'm on death row or dying. So that's my number one, not even a question. There we go. Grandma's lasagna. I love it. Question number four. You've already gone to places like Italy and uh, France, I believe, right? And done some recording there. If you could travel to any country you haven't been to yet for a food episode, where would you go? I really want to do Thailand because that street food looks insane. I mean, they look like they have stuff that I don't know if I could eat. I don't know if I feel like cockroaches on a stick. I don't know about that. But I mean, their street food is supposed to be legendary. And just like, I want to walk through like the hot, smoky, sweltering streets with these food carts and just like have an amazing adventure in the middle of the world. And I'd like to go with somebody because usually I travel by myself, which I love, but I feel like I'm going to Thailand. I I want to experience that with somebody. And plus, like, safety-wise, I don't know if I would, like, love to roam around (laughs) alone. But that's usually my next, you know, go-to. And I want to ride an elephant, too. So it's just, like, two and one. Perfect. (laughs) Question number five, last one. If you could collab with any celebrity on a video, it could be about food, it could be about travel, acting, singing, whatever you like doing, since you are such a multi-hyphenate person, who would that celebrity be? Oh, this is tough. Hold on. I have to I have to really think about it. Because I have one person that just automatically popped into my head. It's Mike Janela, but... isn't it? Of course. How did you know? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Second oh, place thanks. behind me. Second place. Honestly, the first person I want to say, and it's going to sound so weird, is Sylvester Stallone. I know all my answers are going back to Italian things. but <laughs> You're really typecasting he... yourself here. <laughs> I know. But honestly, he is. If you've ever read his story about Rocky. And know what he went through to sell that script. He had to sell his dog to get this script made, basically, because he was so poor. He had to sell everything. He hawked his wife's jewelry, so she left him. He had to sell his dog, who was his best friend. And nobody would buy the script because he said, I want to be Rocky. And they were like, no, you're too ugly and you sound really weird and you're not going to be the star of a movie. And he waited years and years. And finally, they were like, fine, fine. We'll buy use the script and we'll make you Rocky. And he waited it out. And he... You know, I mean, the rest is history. He got his dog and put the dog in the movie. And he's just someone who seems so 
down to earth and grounded and he's been through the shit and struggles and he's been broke and he still seems like such a cool dude. I would love to share a meal with him, talk to him about just the creative world and the creative life and the sacrifices and where he is now. And just come on, he's the Italian stallion. So, you know, he's still hot. So I'd like to just for that reason alone. Well, you gave a lot of good reasons, but yeah, for that one alone and everything else. All right, well, so we got a couple people that, if they're listening, we got uh, my mom. We, we need to do a Taste the World Tuesday Portugal edition. Uh, any yes! Broadway casting directors? Uh, Alyssa wants to go sing for you. And Sly Stallone, <laughs> who I know subscribes and listens to every episode. Uh, Alyssa wants to do a video with you, so we're going to take care yes, of that for so you. So if you could make this, yeah, if you could make this happen, that would be great. Thanks so much. Beautiful. I love it. Um, Alyssa, thanks so much. It was so fun catching up with you. Tell people where they can find everything uh, about you, your accounts, your blogs. Plug whatever you want to plug. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Starving Actress NYC, on Facebook, Starving Actress NYC, and my new website, StarvingActressNYC.com. Beautiful. And if any of you are new to me, if you're some of Alyssa's fans, you got to think of like a name, the Alyssa Army or something. Uh, any of <laughs> S- yeah. Salvatoriax? I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with something better. Uh, you can find me at <laughs> Mike. Yeah, you can find me at Mike Janella all over the place and visit MikeJanella.com for all previous episodes of the show. Thanks to Grapes for the outro music that you're hearing right now. And thank you, Alyssa, for coming on the show. We'll uh, have to catch oh, up some more even so soon. Thanks to you guys for listening. I'll do even better next time. See ya!